Let's bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day and for this opportunity, dear Lord, that you have given to us to be able to come into your house. Uh, you know, God, as we are here, I pray, dear Lord, that your spirit would move in our midst. And God, that you would encourage each one that is here. Uh, you know, God, that uh, you would be able to receive this day as a uh, offering of sweet incense unto you. Uh, God, this is the day that we have come to glorify you in all that we do and all that we say. Minister to us, dear Lord. Speak into our hearts and transform our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This morning, I would like for you, if you would, to please stand. And as you stand, turn to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. I believe the scripture is the first slide in the message, Andrew. Okay. All right. As I read this, I would like for y'all to read this along with me. It says, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by, by coming to know him, the one who, who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enables you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Amen. You may be seated. As we're talking about God's promises, uh, you know, these promises are given to us, uh, you know, by a God that cannot lie. And the promises that he gives to us is that he will protect us and he will provide for us. And we trust in that, right? We honestly believe in that, right? Well, your church and your church board believes in that. Believes that God will provide all things that we need. In our board meeting, uh, you know, someone told us or you know made the comment that uh, you know that we have all the money that we need to do all the things that God has for us to do. That's the good news. The bad news is it's still in your hands. And some of us have not been obedient to what God has asked us and called us to do as far as giving a portion or giving 10% of our income to Him. We're a church that runs about 100 people on Sunday mornings and less than half are consistent tithers. So I am calling upon you to listen to what God has for you and to obey his commands. So we have little cards, or, or we, I'm involved in the board now, so 
I have little cards here. And these are pledge cards. And this is what it reads. I believe this is a defining moment and I will not hold back. I prayfully commit to set out in faith and pledge to give above my regular ties in 2019. Keep our vision growing. And then it has my pledge. You put your dollar amount. And then it has my name. And you put your name. And then below that it has weekly, bi-weekly, or monthly. What you are doing is, is that you are pledging to give a portion above your tithes. So we're not talking about your 10% that we are all supposed to be giving. We're talking about above that. So we have these, so I want you to begin to prayfully think about this and ask God. Begin to ask God right now, what does he have for me to give extra to the church so that the church can then do all the things that God is asking us and calling us to do? Okay? So as we go through our praise and our worship time, and you're thinking and you're praising and worshiping God. I'm going to have these on the altar. And at our altar prayer or pastoral prayer time, you are welcome to come forward and to grab one of these. It's doubled, okay? So one is for you to keep, and the other one is for you to fold, lay over, uh, you know, it needs to be private. Uh, this is something in between you and God, okay, and me, so that I can pray for you as you commit to this, okay? So whenever you put it into the offering plate, make sure that it is upside down so that whenever I get it, that I will be the one that knows that. So it's in between me, you, and God on what's on this, on this piece of paper. I will not ever come to you and ask you, how are you doing on that? That's in between you and God. But this is something that we in your church board have discussed, and this is where we are. So I ask again that you would prayfully consider doing this and being obedient to God. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for each one of the each one that is here today. Uh, you know, God, I pray, dear Lord, that you will begin to to minister to them and to speak to them, dear Lord, as we sing worship in our praises unto you. Uh, you know, God, that we would be obedient to what you have for us. God, we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We invite you to stand and worship with us this morning. <clears throat> we're continuing the unshakable hope theme. And, and as we think about what God has done for us and the victories that we have through him, through his love, we're going to worship and celebrate that today. You ready? Our victory in Jesus. Is your mic on? Is your mic on? Alright, let's start that again, guys. <laughs> Sorry. 
praise and power in the blood of Jesus Christ, folks. We're going to continue to worship as we continue to, to praise and thank God for the fact that the blood was spilt. And through that, we have power, unlike any other that we have in this world, unlike any other we can tap into, that we have the power of God Almighty behind us, flowing in us as children adopted by Him. Let's continue to worship. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Continue to worship. You'll remember last week we started a song, um, first time we've done it here. And the words are on the screen of this chorus. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. And it's simple. It just keeps saying that over and over. You ever heard of a mantra? A mantra just keeps getting repeated over and over and over until it's indoctrinated, until we understand that it's not just a saying, it's a way of living. And today, I'm telling you, the way to live is to understand that nothing in our life stands a chance 
when we stand on the firm foundation that is Christ Jesus, when we stand on the firm foundation that God has laid before us, doesn't stand a chance when we stand in the love of God, the love that Jesus allowed his blood to flow for our sins, that kind of love. It doesn't stand a chance, people. And if you believe that, I want you to sing this song with conviction. Make it your life song. Make it something that you know is true in who you are, who you identify with as a child of God. I fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. And darkness tries to roll over my bones. When sorrow comes to steal the joy I hold. When brokenness and pain all I know, I won't be shaken, I won't be shaken, and my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love, my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. place to hide. I am not a captive to the lies. I'm not afraid to leave my past behind. I won't be shaken. I won't be shaken. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love, my fear. Doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. There's power that can break off every chain. There's power that can empty out a grave. Resurrection power that can save power in your name, power in your name. Sing again. The power that can break off every chain. This power that can empty out a grave. This resurrection. 
Wednesday, whenever I said that my father had been diagnosed with cancer. Satan's been battling me with that. Yes, I love my father. I don't want to lose him, but he's in God's hands. And that fear 
has to be in God's hand. Peggy's dad was in the emergency room Saturday. Difficulty breathing, high blood pressure. Not really sure what's going on with him still yet. Fear. I don't know if y'all didn't need that song, but I needed it. I've been battling knowing the church's finance situation for over four months. Satan knows that finances is a difficult thing for me. I have to make sure that my finances are together with my family, and then I have to make sure that the finances are together for the church. My fear is gone because of the love of God. Because He loves me and He is going to protect me. He is going to provide. We have to stand on that. This is all about standing in His love and on His promises. Because He loves us. And because He loves us, He's going to provide for us and He's going to protect us. I thank Him today. You know, I know it's usually the pastor that calls everyone to the altar. But if you have a fear that you need to lay down, a fear of addiction, a fear of of not having enough finance, a fear of anything, fear is a spirit. The Bible says that fear is a spirit. So I would encourage you to come to the altar and lay that fear down. And don't pick it back up. Leave it here under the love of Jesus because there is no fear where the love of Jesus dwells in our heart. We're going to continue to sing. We're going to use this as our prayer time this morning, the song we had planned. I think the Spirit has already planned over it. So this is your time. If you want to come, you need to know this altar. We're going to continue to worship. You come, you bring your needs as we continue to sing. a place to hide I am not a captive to the lies not afraid to leave my past behind I won't be shaken I won't be shaken my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love my fear doesn't stand a chance when i stand in your love my fear doesn't stand a chance when i stand in your love yes praise you lord hallelujah there's power that can break off every chain power that can empty out a grave this resurrection power that can save this power in your name power in your name this power that can break off every chain this power that can empty out a grave 
There's resurrection power that can save. There's power in your name. There's power in your name. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for being with us. God, as we prayed this morning, God, I prayed, dear Lord, that you would give us victory over those fears. God, that you would meet each person that's here, dear Lord, that you would touch them, and God, that they would feel your presence, dear Lord, and God, allow them to know that you are the one that is fighting that battle. God, that victory is because of you. And that you have already begun to move. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, we, we give it to you. We give you our fears and our uncertainties. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, we, we trust we trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. I am standing on the rock. I am standing in your love. I am standing on the rock, my firm foundation. My firm foundation. I am standing on the rock. I am standing in your love. I am standing on the rock. My firm foundation. My firm foundation. I am standing on the rock. I am standing in your love. I am standing on the rock. My firm foundation. My firm foundation. Amen. If I can have the ushers to go ahead and make their way forward. We're going to continue with our praise and worshiping of God as giving back a portion of what he has given to us. If you have not been able to make your way up to the front to get the, your, uh, to get the pledge cards, uh, you can do that now or whenever you need to. Marty, if you can lead us in prayer.
actually know how to use these things, but for some reason I had forgotten. <laughs> for those of you all who don't know me, which is the majority of you, <laughs> because we're, we're fairly new here, um, I couldn't quite understand this morning why I felt so much... Um, such a great need to do these songs this morning. And it's become a very apparent to me why. Um, God has a really funny way of getting us back on track and getting our hearts refocused. I keep hearing the things about fear this morning. And I keep looking back to the past few years personally, also within my family, but mostly just personally with my relationship with the Lord. And I can see <laughs> I think someone else has a microphone on. <laughs> um, but I can see how God moved every little thing along how even though the struggles and difficulties I was going through personally the poor decisions just just the outright sin because let me remind everyone none of us escape sin some days it's more than we can even count however it really, I just keep looking at these songs and saying, wow, there's a little bit of an echo up here. Is there any way we can pull that out? Yeah. Um, okay. That's a little better. Thank you. Um, it's just distracting. <laughs> um, the first song, you all know it. He did it. He did it. I can do it without if I need to, I assure you. <laughs> um, Kelly did it a few weeks ago, actually about a month ago. And I'm going to tell you, it took me back so far. And it reminded me who God is. Not that I had forgotten, because I don't know that we forget. I think sometimes we forget to remember, if that, if that makes sense. It's called the anchor holds. I believe it reminds us of exactly what he was saying this morning is that God always follows through with his promises and that no matter what we're dealing with or what we're going through his anchor stays it stays right where it is it doesn't go any, anywhere he doesn't go anywhere it's us that do all the wandering It's okay. I can keep talking if you need me to. <laughs> it's been a very, very long time since I've been in this place doing this particular thing. You just let me know when you're ready. But um, I did this for a long time, exactly what you all do. I 
did a lot of traveling and I did a lot of singing and and a lot of worshiping and a lot of praising and there were circumstances in my life several years ago that I, I just I just couldn't quite get my mind wrapped around why God allowed this specific thing to happen after all the amazing things he had done to eliminate that problem and that issue and that separation from someone in my family and it just seemed as though it was taken in an instant that reuniting that reconciliation that that beautiful gift that God had given and it just didn't make a lot of sense why God would go and do so much work <laughs> to make something so beautiful only to allow it to disappear again but one thing God has shown me is that he is sovereign and that in spite of what I know he knows everything all the way around and I don't need to know everything I don't need to understand everything I just need to let go and let him be God the God that he is I'm sorry do what I couldn't hear you okay we're going to the second song or we just aren't doing the second song. <laughs> okay, well. Lord's, Lord's, Lord's will be done. I'm not sure what's going on, but uh, we just need to push through. But that's all right. I think the message is still the same. secret of life is letting go the secret of love is letting it show in all that I do in all that I say right here in this moment the power Every step of the way 
joy and the pain right here in this moment take my heart take my soul I surrender everything to your control and let all that is within me lift up to you and I am yours and yours alone, completely, right here, right now, and for the rest of my life, hear me say, take my heart, take my soul, I surrender control and let all that is within me lift up to you and say I am yours and yours alone completely I am yours and yours alone completely I think your mic is still on, big guy. <clears throat> this morning, I would like for you to turn to Romans chapter 16. In Romans chapter 16, verse 12, or I'm sorry, verse 20. Romans 16, verse 20. It's on the screen for you if you would like to follow along or if you're there in your, in your book, in your, in your book, in your Bible. It says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. So this is at the end of the book of Romans. And Paul is going to give us this last little bit. And in this he says, The God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. So yes, we are all in a battle. 
we all have struggles and there are times where we feel that we're not going to be able to make it. But before we can really deal with the struggles and deal with the battles, we have to come to a conclusion or we need to make a decision as far as where the struggles are coming from. Now, back two years ago, the Barna Group did a study of Christians. Now, these are Christians. These are not non-believers. These are all believers, all Christians. They profess Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. 35% of those Jesus-professing Christians believe that Satan is a real entity. Only 35%. You can't even find 4 out of 10 people in churches today that believe that Satan is real. They feel that we're battling against this evil attitude or, or system. There's really nothing that we are truly battling against. It's just simply good and evil. Well, can I let you know that that is the best defense for Satan? If you don't know who you're fighting against, you can't win. Our guys, uh, you know, in armed forces, our uh, you know, soldiers and stuff have been over in Afghanistan and they have been fighting a foe that they really cannot put their fingers on. It's not an army that we would be used to. It's not an army of men and women, you know, of men and women that are literally carrying guns where you could pretty much see them, their children. They're women disguised as nurses in a hospital. You know, they're men that just simply have weapons hidden beneath themselves or, or beneath their clothes that are literally, literally willing to give up their lives just simply to kill four or five other people. It's difficult to know who the enemy is. Scripture tells us who the enemy is. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, it says a final word. It says, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on, the full, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against the, the strategies of the devil. The strategies of of the devil for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies but against evil rulers against the authorities of the unseen world against the mighty powers in this dark world 
and against the evil spirits in the heavenly places. In verse 13 it says, Therefore put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle you will still be standing firm. Paul tells us that our battle is against Satan, against the devil, against his demons or his imps, whatever you want to call them. They're there. They're real. If we are fighting against a worldly system, we are fighting against the wrong thing. We need to make sure that we are fighting and we're in our battle is with Satan. First Peter. First Peter tells us here that we need to stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. <laughs> First Peter 5, 9. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. Remember that your family of believers all over the world are going through the same kind of stuff we are. See, whenever we realize who we're battling, then we need to come to this understanding as far as where I go for my strength. When you're in the midst of the battle, we all too often become so focused on the battle that we forget all of our resources that we have to be able to make it through the battle. In 1 Peter chapter 4, it says that Satan is like a lion. Now, do lions attack the strongest member? No. The lion goes for the weakest, or he goes for the one that is separated. Or, just like Satan does, Satan loves to come into the church and divide the church, and then he gets the people off to the side so that he can attack them because they're alone. They're no longer underneath the protection of the flock, and they're no longer underneath the protection of God because they have walked out on their own or they have been driven astray. We hear all throughout the scripture talking about the false prophets and talking about the false teachings and what we're supposed to believe and what we're not supposed to believe. I pose this to you today, that the moment in time that you knelt down and you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you got 100% of the Spirit of God dwelling within you at that exact moment. Moment, 
You have every bit of the power of God at your hand and at your disposal to be able to fight every single battle that you will ever face in your life. Why do we struggle so much? Because we're babes in Christ and we don't understand all the things about the Scripture and all the things about the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we don't allow the Holy Spirit to do what it's supposed to be doing. We do not allow the Holy Spirit to actually power us and protect us from Satan. It's not from the evil system. It's from Satan you remember whenever we went through the armor of God and I talked to you about the, uh, you know, about the, the, the whack-a-mole? Hopefully y'all have gone and discovered exactly what a whack-a-mole game is. That is exactly what Satan does. Satan creates issues over here and over here and over here and over here. But if we're not attacking Satan, those problems will continue to pop up. If we're not attacking Satan where he is vulnerable then we will always be struggling with all those little battles that continue to pop up over here and over here and over here. So where is Satan vulnerable at? Would you like to know that? Satan is vulnerable in the presence of God Almighty and in the presence of our worship. So whenever we were worshiping this morning and we were all singing out praises unto God, Satan had to flee because God and his spirit is in his presence. Satan cannot be in the presence of God's spirit. Wow. John chapter 1, or 1 John Chapter 5, verse 19, it says, We know that we are children of God and that the world around us is under the control of the evil one. Mm. I've kind of stepped away from where I was going to, but this is powerful here. Uh, you know, I, I want you to understand something, you know, and we've been praying for our government, right? We've been praying for our president and for all the things that's going on. Can I let you in on a little hint here? The scripture tells us this. Our government, this world, is underneath the rule and the authority of Satan and Satan only. So whenever we see the battles that's going on in Washington, D.C., that is nothing except for Satan fighting the war over there. And we need to make sure that we are prepared and that we have God Almighty with us right here so that we can sustain the war that's going on in D.C. Because you better believe it will begin to change the rules and the laws that we live under today. And at one point in time or some point in time, we will not be free to speak the name of Jesus Christ. Because Satan is fighting a battle. Satan is the one that's in control. But, in 1 John chapter 4, verse 4. But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people. Because the spirit who is living in you is greater than the spirit that is living in the world. Whoo! There you go. There is Satan's weakness. 
He has no authority over Jesus Christ. We have won the battle because Jesus Christ is living within us. But we need to make sure that we know who we're fighting. We need to make sure that we understand that Satan is real. And that the battles that we fight is the battles with Satan. So, in reading to prepare for this message, I, I came across something that was really interesting. Max Licato writes a little story about the Battle of Manassas. How many of y'all know anything about the Battle of Manassas? Do we have any history buffs here? Uh, any history teachers? Battle of Manassas. Huh? This is the second one because this is the one that was supposed to win, that was supposed to end the war. So we have our Union troops that are lined up, and we have uh, you know the uh, the other soldiers that are lined up there, and uh, you know they're fixing to begin to battle. And lo and behold, these people from Washington, some rich, some not so rich, some poor decided that they were going to have a picnic today and they were going to come out on that nice Sunday afternoon and they were going to watch the end of this battle. Hmm. They were going to have a picnic on the side of the battlefield. They brought picnic baskets with fried chicken. I don't know if they had fried chicken in it, but I'd like to think they had fried chicken in it. One of the writers from the New York Times said that there was actually a lady there that had, uh, you know, those um, opera binoculars. And they began to ooh and to ah whenever the guns began to go off. And you had the cannons fire and they're like, ooh, oh, this is great. And then all of a sudden, the, Rome, the uh, Union soldiers had to flee. So they began running to escape the battle. And whenever they began running to escape the battle, of course, they went in all different directions. So then the Union soldiers, or the, no, the British soldiers, began to fire on them as they ran away. And some of the innocent bystanders got caught up in the battle. There was actually a senator of Washington that was captured and he was held prisoner for six months. See, we as Christians and believers, we do one of two things. We either don't believe that the battle is truly against Satan or we don't want to engage in the battle so we kind of pull up a picnic and we sit in church and we watch everybody else talk about their battles and talk about their struggles and then all of a sudden we get caught by surprise, by Satan. 
and we get carried off into captivity. Now, let's not make a mistake. Satan is out to kill you and to destroy you. He is out to kill and to destroy your family. He is out to destroy your marriage. He is out to take your joy. He is out to destroy your life. His end goal is to make sure that you do not make it to heaven. So don't don't think that Satan will not take you captive. He will captivate your thoughts. He will convince you He will convince you that someone in church has hurt you so bad that you shouldn't go back to that place. He will convince you that the life that you're living is not really all that bad because there's a whole lot more people that's worse than you are. As the Spirit moves and here. You know, this morning, he will do everything that he can to convince you not to come to this altar and ask for forgiveness of sin that's in your life. He will do everything that he can the one that's in us is stronger than the one that's in the world. We defeat Satan because of Jesus Christ living in us and through us. It is only by his power that that happens. But let me say this to you. If you've been sitting on the sideline and you've gotten into captivity, it's not too late. Because Jesus Christ is strong enough to redeem you. To graft you back into that righteous branch. He says that if you will ask for forgiveness, I'll forgive you. But we also know if we don't ask for forgiveness, then he won't forgive us. If we just simply go along and we just continue to live our life as if nothing has happened. We're not honoring God in it. We've been through a battle. I've been through a battle this week. But through Jesus Christ and because of him living within me, that battle's won. So that gets me to what I've been really excited and thinking about. Mm. There's a passage of scripture, and I don't know how many of you have, you know, uh, Chronicles. We're going to go into the New Testament and we're going to look at 2 Chronicles and we're going to look at verse or at chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. I'm not going to read all of this because this goes through, you know, th- this is throughout the whole or through the first 30 verses of this. Okay, so here in verse 5, we find here that Jehoshaphat was told that he needs to 
uh, you know, that he, as he stood before the community of Judah in Jerusalem in front of the new courtyards and in the temple, he prayed, O Lord, God, o Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone, the God who is in heaven, you are ruler over all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Let me back up a little bit and kind of give you this because there in the first verses, uh, we find out that there's three kingdoms that are coming together uh, you know, to destroy uh, you know, the Israelites. So they're coming in and they're going to battle. But in verse 5, we find out that the first thing that the king does is that he goes to God. Whenever we come up against a battle, what is the first thing that we do? We run to ourselves. You know, fear really becomes a part of this. Because whenever we first get into a struggle, we automatically look into ourselves and we say, okay, what's going to happen? How, what am I going to do to fix this? How can I straighten this out? Uh, you know, if I tell this story to this person over here, maybe that will handle it over here. And if I go and tell this story to this person over here, that will kind of smooth it over here. But then I'm going to stand in the middle and I'm going to try to remember both of the stories that I just told them because I'm going to fix this. And then we begin to really worry whenever that doesn't happen because they talk to each other. And you're like, oh, wait a minute, I didn't think about that one. We begin to rationalize things. We begin to compartmentalize our lives. We begin to set things aside and say, okay, I've got I've to worry about this, and, and then I've got to worry about this, and I've got to do this. No. See, in this battle here, we find, in, in our lives, we find that the best thing to do is to go to God. Because, see, uh, you know, whenever we, whenever we go to God, then we can jump down here to verse 9, and then we can find these words here that says, uh, you, know, they, you know, they said, whenever you are, whenever we are faced with a calamity, such as war, plagues, and famine, we can come and stand in your presence before the temple where your name is honored, we can, tr we can cry out to you and save us and you will hear us and you will rescue us. So whenever we turn to God in prayers, whenever we have the struggles or whenever we're in the midst of a battle and we go and we cry out to God, we look at this and it says, and he says, he's repeating, he is actually quoting scripture and it says that you told us that whenever we were facing these things, that all we had to do was to call out to you and you would rescue us. Hmm. You would rescue us. So then this happens. Somebody jumps up in the midst of them. And he says, listen, all ye people of or Judea and Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat, 
This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged by the mighty army. For the battle is not yours, but it's God's. Huh. So whenever I try to do it myself, I get sick, I get more gray hair, I lose weight or I gain weight, depending on you, on on whether or not you eat whenever you're nervous or whenever you're upset. Uh, You know, it depends on where you're going. You know, a lot of times the stress in our lives causes illness and sickness. You know, we do not handle stress right. Uh, You know, whenever we try to deal with wars and with battles and stuff of Satan, uh, you know, that is what happens to us. Because we cannot defeat Satan, right? Can you say that? Well, let's say, repeat after me. I cannot defeat Satan. I cannot defeat Satan. Only Jesus Christ can defeat Satan. But whenever I do it, I make a mess of a lot of things. But whenever I bring it to God, then what happens? He says, don't worry about it. I'm going to battle it for you. Say, don't, don't worry about it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to battle it for you. Guys, really, I like this. I like this passage of Scripture. Because, see, it goes on from here. But you know, whenever we look at this particular part right here, see, this is not King Jehoshaphat that's talking about this. This is a man that was in the audience, that was in the congregation, that was filled with the Holy Spirit, that stood up and gave them this proclamation. Someone from the audience stood up and gave them this proclamation. And then what did they do? They all came together, and they out they went out to this place called Ziglag or something like that, uh, you know, on the side of this mountain. And he told him, he said, "Whenever you go there, you will find them at this ridge." I think I have some of that further on in there, but I'm going to paraphrase it for us here. He says that you know, you just you just go there. So they get there, and right before they get there, they're kind of standing in the middle of these wooded, this wooded area. If you can picture this, they're standing there, and then Jehoshaphat turns, and he gives them this one last battle cry as far as, this is what we're going to do. We're going to trust in God because God says this battle is his. He's already given it to us. Uh, you know, we're going to do this. And then he calls forth his praise and worship team. Whoo! How would you like to be that praise and worship team? Because he says, praise and worship team, you're going to go before the mighty warriors. Whoa, wait a minute. I didn't sign up for that one. I'm supposed to be back here in the back singing. I'm not supposed to be up front. He says, no, you're going to be right up front. And they began to sing. And the scripture even gives us the words that they were supposed to sing. And do I have them here? Oh, man. The king appointed singers to walk, and this is in verse 21. They're supposed to walk 
ahead of the army singing to the Lord and praising Him for His holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. He is faithful and His love endures forever. Amen. They were thanking Him before they had gotten into the battle. These are the singers walking before the army men thanking Him because they're the first to get shot. Come on now. You know, because here we are. Are you willing to be on the front line? Are you willing to be the singers that God truly has called us to be? Because he tells us that if you're going to live this life, then you are supposed to be my hands and my feet. You are supposed to be the light into this world. You are the one that's supposed to go out and love the ones that are unlovable. You're the one that's supposed to go out and feed the homeless. You're the one that's supposed to go out and take care of the widows. You're the ones that's supposed to do that. Not the pastor. You are. I just put y'all on the front line. Do y'all like that? But of course a good leader is right there with you. They began to sing praises unto God. As soon as they began to sing praises unto God, God sent out his angels and they began to fight the battle. Read the scripture. Read the scripture. One army began fighting the other two armies. And then that army began fighting themselves. And I would have liked to have seen that last soldier that was still standing that killed himself. Because it says that whenever they got to where God had sent them to, there was nothing except for dead bodies. Nothing. Because the battle was already won. We didn't have to do anything. All we had to do was praise Him and thank Him and accept what He had done. There's all too often we don't accept what he's done because it doesn't look the way that we wanted it to look. Therefore, I still need to work at this. i got to do something else, God. It doesn't look right. Now, it might be exactly the way that you wanted it, but it still doesn't look right to me. Look at your lives. You know, she talked about it. There are some of us that had children before we wanted to have children. But God said, that's okay. I've got it in my hands. Just trust me. Come on with me. Trust me. Some of us took jobs that we knew that God really didn't want us to do. And it, it took us away from our family at some times. But it was a struggle. But we, you know, we finally made it. We do things that God doesn't want us to do because it doesn't look right. He says, the battle is mine. I will fight it. All you have to do is praise me and thank me for it. Follow with me. Obey me. Trust me. Can I get into the, See, this is... I'm not sure y'all really grabbing this. Because see this nice watch that I have? Okay, see this is, this is plunder. Let's say that this is plunder. Because whenever you kill me, you're supposed to be able to get this. Okay? It took them three days to gather up the plunder. It took them three days 
to gather up the things that God had blessed them with. Three days. Because they were obedient. See, God's going to fight our battles as long as we allow him to do it. And as long as we trust him to fight those battles. And if we trust him to fight those battles and we let him do it and we thank him for it. Mm, mm, mm. There are riches beyond tell that he has for us. Because he loves us. I don't know if I have, well, I didn't, I didn't tell you the, I didn't tell you the title of the message, did I? The devil's days are numbered because of Jesus Christ. See? The battles that you're facing today, if we turn them over to God, they're already won. He, he's proven it to us. If you're in a battle, the first thing that we do is we pray. And we ask God to take that battle. We, we call it. We name it. Oh, you know, God... I pray that you will protect my marriage. He's already at work in that battle. God, I pray that you will speak to the hearts of the people that have taken these pledges. And God, that you will provide for this church. The battle's already been won because we thank him and we praise him out of obedience because we know who he is. So we already begin to praise God. And whenever we begin to praise God, God truly begins to work. So your battle I don't know what it is this morning, but the only way that you can be victorious is through Jesus Christ. I think I need to say that again. I don't know what battle you're in, but the only way that you can see victory is through Jesus Christ. That is the only way. So this morning we close at the end of this battle in understanding that God fought that battle. The Israelites did not lift a sword and they gathered three days worth of plunder. He blessed them beyond measure and he will do the same thing to you. Allow him to have your battles. Now, I'm going to open up the altar. And if we're all true to ourselves, every one of us will be up here at the altar. Because every one of us are going through a battle.
have just made it through a battle or there's a battle on its way. And we need Jesus Christ to help us with that battle. But the thing about it is also, guys, and I want you to understand this and see this. We're in a battle. The war is won. But we still have to fight the battles. But the only way that we fight the battles is through Jesus Christ. As our Lord and Savior. Amen. Let's stand. Every head bow and every eye closed. The God of peace will soon come and crush Satan under your feet. The God of peace. The God of peace will soon come and crush Satan under your feet. No more. No more, no more, no more. No more am I just simply kind of floundering around and kind of opposing Satan. See, James tells us, so humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So resist the devil and he'll flee from you. No more simple opposing. Resist. the ship is battered, the anchor holds, though the sails are torn, and I have fallen on my knees as I faced the raging sea.
spite of the storm I've had visions and I've had dreams and I've even held them in my hands But I never knew That they would slip right Oh 